Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, let's move to the... Yo! We are back. It's the House of L podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out here with me. I'm Lawrence Holmes. I promised you a part two to the conversation that we were having about the Bears. And damn it, we deliver on this podcast. I'm excited about the feedback that I've already gotten on part one. If you're listening to this and you're like, wait, there's a part one of this? Yes. J.J. Stankovitz and Cam Ellis are trying desperately to fix the Bears. So in the last episode that we put out earlier this week, you can hear part one. If you didn't hear part one, stop. Collaborate. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? And then go back and listen. So stop, collaborate, and listen to the first episode before you go any further with this episode. It's the episode previous. This part of the episode is focused specifically on Allen Robinson. And I'll explain why in a minute after I tell you about the people that make this possible. Our podcast has a bunch of great sponsors like David Hochberg. If you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your existing home, then you need to do what I did. That's right, because I use David Hochberg in both of the purchases that I made when it came to a home. He's your trusted local lender. For more than 20 years, David has built his business helping first responders and medical professionals secure mortgages, and he wants to do more to say thank you. Every week, Team Hochberg recognizes first responders and medical professionals for keeping us safe and healthy. I'm actually going to go see my doctors today, which is a good thing. This week, they are recognizing Dr. Michael McGuire as well as the 70 doctors and 150 support staff of Northwestern Medicine Outpatient Center in Glenview to thank them and support family-owned restaurants. Team Hochberg purchased pizza from Vicino's Pizza in Glenview, owned by Todd Denneberg. First responders and medical professionals deserve our appreciation, and family-owned restaurants need our support, especially right now. If you can afford to purchase lunch from a family-owned restaurant, for your local police and fire departments and medical professionals, that would be great. Team Hockberg helped me, as well as thousands of the podcast listeners, but they can't help if you don't call. So call them, 855-56-DAVID, or visit 56david.com. Tune into the Home Sweet Home Chicago radio show, which is hosted by David, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on WGN Radio. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. Actually, now that I think about it, when I bought the place in Arizona, David helped me with that too. So I guess the three places that I bought, he helped me. He can help you too. I'm not kidding. He he breaks down walls for people. He will do what it takes. Just call him. 
855-56-DAVID. Tell them that you heard about them on the House of L podcast. That's the proof. Like, if you want to help the podcast and you're in a position where you're actually looking for a lender, like, this would genuinely help the podcast for you to call David Hochberg and be like, hey, man, Lawrence told me about you. I heard about you on House of L. 855-56-DAVID. 56david.com. We also have forged this really cool partnership with State Farm agent Brendan Studzinski. He's doing great work. If you are looking for someone to take care of you on the insurance front, it's really simple. ChicagoSF.com. It's right there. Like, it's so easy. He's got, like, the best. I don't know how State Farm gave him this, but they gave him the best website because it's simple to remember. ChicagoSF, as in StateFarm.com. For every quote that you get from Brendan, you don't have to move over if you don't want to, but you should get a quote. For every quote, State Farm is going to donate $10 to Pause Chicago. So we get to do a little bit of business. We get to keep the this podcast solvent, and we get to raise money for Paul Chicago. ChicagoSF.com. You've been thinking, hey, man, I haven't been treated well by my insurance agent. Hook up with our guy, Brendan. He's good people. I sat and met with him a couple of weeks ago before he jumped onto the podcast. He can help you. All right? ChicagoSF.com. Let's get to this episode. So here's what I did. JJ came to me and said, let's do this thing. Let's talk about fixing the Bears because he's had a lot of energy to burn since being laid off at NBC Sports Chicago. I can relate. So can Cam Ellis. He's been writing down like, I feel like if you went to JJ's house and outside of him taking care of his beautiful twin boys, there would just be a wall that looks like a beautiful mind chalkboard where he's coming up with different scenarios on how to make the Bears better. That that is his goal. That's what he's trying to do. And even though he's not technically on the beat anymore, he is still trying to figure out a way to make the Bears better. So in part one, he went through a whole bunch of things. Well, I'm going to cut this guy, and I'm going to draft this guy, and this is what they should focus on. It's all well and good. All of it made sense. Except for the quarterback thing at the end. You have to listen to it. I'm not going to give it away. Go back and listen to it. But there was one thing in particular that I felt like deserved more attention than anything else. And that's the relationship between the Bears and Allen Robinson. And how we got to this place. Where Allen Robinson doesn't have a contract anymore. He's a free agent, and the Bears have to figure out if they're going to franchise tag him, which would not be great. I don't think that Allen's in the mood for that. It was really interesting. Andrew Brandt does a class where he teaches about contract stuff, and he was teaching about trying to negotiate with Allen Robinson, and then poof, Allen Robinson popped up on the Zoom. I think he's frustrated. I think he's angry. I think he wants out. And, and if you're telling me that the Bears are going to start the 2021 season without Allen Robinson, I'm telling you that I don't feel very good about their chances of making a big leap and becoming a playoff team again. 
in maybe a more legitimate playoff setting. So that's where the focus is on this episode. We talk about some other stuff, but what to do about Allen Robinson is really where we're at in this episode. It's me, it's J.J. Stankovitz, it's Cam Ellis. The crew is back together, and we're talking Bears on the House of L podcast. Take a listen. J.J., we've got to keep Allen Robinson, right? Like, that's a big part Mm -hmm. of your plan to fix the Bears is keeping Allen Robinson. What does it say to the two of you who cover this team every single day for the last few years that this time last year, the three of us were talking about an Allen Robinson extension? Uh-huh. And the three of us were like, oh, well, that should be happening soon. The new league year will start. They'll get Allen Robinson signed to an extension. Few months go by, the draft comes around. Oh, Allen Robinson extension should be coming soon. I'm sure that they'll get this done before they do whatever it is that they're going to do for training camp. A few more weeks go by. Ah, oh, it should be getting done soon. The season's only a few weeks away. There's no way they would let Allen Robinson go into the season without a contract extension. Here we are a year later. He's out of contract now. They haven't talked according to Allen Robinson's people, in months, in months about an extension. How in the world can this get fixed? Because it doesn't feel like it can get fixed. I don't think it is going to get fixed. Uh, I think that the Bears obviously have the leverage of the tag, although I've been, there's some interesting conversation about how maybe the tag isn't the most prudent decision for the Bears sort of popping up recently just because of where the cap is. Um, You know, you could get it fixed by just the McCaskies waking up one day and signing off on whatever extension, but I don't think it's going to get fixed. I I, I think these, I don't think there's, I think it's kind of bad blood. And I I think there's some hurt feelings about this. And I think that there are going to be plenty of people offering Allen Robinson giant contracts this offseason without any ifs, ands, or buts, or nitpicking stats, or whatever the problems between negotiations have been, you know, someone's just going to go, hey, you want to be our number one receiver? We're going to pay you like it. And Alan Robinson's going to go, yeah, that sounds good to me. And, you know, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver one next year, or whoever you want it to be. But, like, I, 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 do, I from what I understand about these conversations, that this, it may be closed book already. So, JJ, so, you're Mr. Fix-It. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. This is this is your whole thing of fixing the Bears. How the hell do you fix this? This is going to be a bad start, but you tag him. Yeah, it is a bad start. You're right. Um, but here's here's the thing that I have started to come around to. You know who are the other free agents at wide receiver this year? Like it is a deep class. You got Will Fuller. You got Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, if the, the Lions don't use the tag on him, which, you know, if you're going through a rebuild, you're probably not using the tag on Kenny Galladay. Like, it is a – Juju Smith-Schuster is out there. It is going to be a deep class of wide receivers. And guess what? If you are a team in need of a number one wide receiver, like Washington – or Washington, you know, a, a top wide receiver, Washington, Miami, Indianapolis, these teams – are you trading a second round pick for Allen Robinson when you can just go out and maybe go get Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay or Will Fuller? No, you're going to go get those guys and not, and keep that pick. So 
the Bears, I think, by tagging Allen Robinson, he may say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out. I'm not playing on this thing. And the Bears can say, okay, well, we're not going to get fair value in a trade for you, so let's work out a contract. And by the way, in this, as I'm playing Mr. Fix-It, I'm coming to Allen Robinson hat in hand and saying, here's the Keenan Allen contract we should have offered you back in February. So that's how you get it done. You offer Allen Robinson the fair value for Allen Robinson, which in this, I believe, is a four-year, $84 million contract with about 50 guaranteed. But, like, at a certain point, if you're Allen Robinson's camp, I don't know if you're even arguing for fair anymore. Fair was a great place to settle back in September. Fair was a great place to settle back in the Mm -hmm. summer. The Bears sat on their hands being pedantic about stuff, and now they're not, like... This is what you get for playing hardball. Sometimes it comes back to bite you in the ass. And I sort of think that's right. right. Maybe with you in the room, it'd be nice because you're pleasant. And they'd say, yes, that's good. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if that, you know, offering him what's fair or what was considered fair a year ago is going to work anymore. Yeah. I, I think that, okay, so maybe you up it and you say, you know what? Like, yeah, yeah, we, we really going to screw this thing up. So how about a five-year... $105 million contract. You're beating Amari Cooper now. Maybe you have to go that far. I think that's okay for Allen Robinson. All right, yeah. but, but let's talk about the football part of it and go back to what Cam said. If you're Allen Robinson and they're like, here's our plan, guys. <laughs> our plan is that we're going to draft a quarterback that you have to, you'll have to bring along Like, you had to bring along this quarterback that we drafted a few years ago. And until then, we're going to give you Gardner Minshew. Okay. What leverage do you have if you're Allen Robinson? The the leverage of, I will make this ugly. The leverage of, you will not know if you have a number one receiver if you tag me. Because I'm going to tell you I'm going to sit out and I'm going to be loud about it. He's been relatively quiet. about this even though we all know he's pissed Mm -hmm. i'm now not going to do that you know why because nfl players this offseason have decided we're not going to be quiet about things anymore Mm -hmm. that would be the leverage and that's leverage that the the bears as an organization would hate like that that is Mm -hmm. it is another it would be another example of their general manager being put on full blast for a very simple mistake that at any point on this journey, Ryan Pace could have been like, you know what? We need to correct this. We should have given Allen Robinson the Cooper Cup contract or whoever's contract, or the Keenan Allen contract. We should have given him that contract, and we're going to give it to him now. We're going to offer it to him now. But the fact that they're sitting out there and they're not even talking to this dude – it is it yeah. is beyond me how that how they would be able to save some face with the the NFL community and free agents at large if Allen Robinson is like look how they did me especially considering Ryan Pace was the guy who extended all of his young dudes that were playing well like Allen mm-hmm. Robinson you know he was 24 or 25 when he came to the Bears like that is he's going to get another contract after this contract. Like he fits the mold outside of being drafted by pace of being a young productive player who deserves his contract 
when he deserves like he falls in that group of people so for them to all of a sudden extend you know the eddie jackson contract came out of nowhere and Alan Robinson just they, they didn't even talk to him like it's it's it, it the PR behind this is bizarre to me I don't think Ryan Pace values wide receivers yeah I think that that is that is what I have come to believe observing this and observing how Ryan Pace is taking care of other players and then seeing the the report that came out in what it was August or September that the Bears offered Alan Robinson it was like 15 to 16 million a year I think it's because Ryan Pace doesn't value wide receivers. He, he came up in New Orleans where they got Marcus Colston in the seventh round. Out of Hofstra. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. Does Hofstra, Hofstra doesn't have a football program anymore, do they? I think he was one of the ones that collapsed over the last few years. That's, yeah, that's a shame. Um, anyways, I think he has he seen in New Orleans a lot of these guys kind of come through either on cheap contracts or as kind of non-high draft picks. Then he gets to Chicago and but, he takes Kevin White. But you could do uh, that if you have right, one of the greatest quarterbacks who's right. ever played. You right. can do the game of we don't need great quarterbacks because our quarterback's so accurate. He's going to mm-hmm. put it on the on the receiver's hands no matter what. He's got so much respect that the receivers are going to stay in line and they're not going to punch defensive backs and get kicked out of games <laughs> and all the other nonsense the Bears wide receivers have done. I don't see if, – if Ryan Pace is still looking through his his New Orleans glasses, then, it, it, then we go back to the biggest problem that the Bears have, and that's a GM who doesn't know what he's doing and well, still hasn't figured yeah. out – still hasn't figured out that the the ideal of what New Orleans did is not the same versus the practical that you're doing right now with the Bears and their quarterback situation. This is a larger conversation that Cam Cam we had on the Under Center podcast about Ryan Pace only having one franchise of experience. He came up with New Orleans and then he left. He never had a diversity of opinions and perspectives and, and outlooks and strategies. It was just Mickey Loomis. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's okay. But in this case, I feel like Pace has not been able to pivot off of that, which is why he took his one big swing at wide receiver in, in Kevin White. And it, it didn't work out. He took a pretty big swing on Allen Robinson. But now that it's coming back up again, does, that, does Ryan Pace really value a $20 million wide receiver? I don't think so. But, again, I am saying this is how we show progress, is you go to Allen Robinson and you say, okay, four-year, $84 million, five-year, $105 million, whatever it takes to get the deal done, you do it. Otherwise, I guess you could go and try to sign Kenny Galladay. You know, cool story. Comes back to Chicago. Comes back to Chicago. Like, that'd be, that'd be pretty neat. Um, but I feel like, I think Alan Robinson is, is so important in this whole thing that you try to make it work with him. But I think, I think you guys are both hundred percent right about Alan Robinson potentially just being like, I like, dare you middle fingers up. Yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, quick wide receiver question for you, JJ is Anthony Miller on your team next year? No. You cut him too? I don't cut him early. I, I, you bring him to training camp. Uh, in this, in my mock draft, I had the Bears taking Daz Newsom, the slot receiver from North Carolina. 
Okay. Um, got some really good, like right after the catch ability. Um, and essentially you, you draft him and you say like, you guys are battling. And by the way, Anthony, your spot isn't guaranteed not only as a starter, but on this roster. So you better shape up. This is your last shot. And if you don't do it in training camp, you're a pretty easy cut. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, I, w- I, w- I would have taken, my- I would have taken the hit of cutting him immediately. Well, yeah, I mean that theoretically they should have just done that right after the playoff game. Yes. Like if they were right. going to do it, they would, they should have done it. Right. When George McCaskey put him in a body bag on the score. Because like, if you're, if, if you're, if you're putting him in competition, that all that automatically means that there weren't really consequences for that game in the past. Right. Like that. Well, there weren't for Javon Wims. There weren't for Javon Wims who also right, has a right. on the roster next year. But if he makes the, if he's in camp next year, that means there weren't really consequences. Yeah. Um, I think this is, this is also part of a culmination of a lot of things for Anthony Miller over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but he still is a talented athlete who yeah. has just not panned out after a pretty promising rookie year. I think it, it would, yes, it would send a message to the team if you cut him, but I think at this point that that ship is sailed. That message has, yeah. you can't send it now. So you gotta have you gotta at least think about it uh, in training camp. So the other thing I did here um, in free agency to kind of ping back to that was so you're cutting Jimmy Graham. You got Cole Komet. Um, I think you still need to find another tight end. You got to find another playmaker. And again, it's it's hard to do this in free agency because guys are always available for a reason. But in this case, I went out, I signed Gerald Everett to a three-year, $23 million contract. He was with the LA Rams. He's the 44th, 44th overall pick in 2017, a couple ahead of Adam Shaheen. Um, so the Bears probably scouted him then. Uh, Ryan Pace probably has a, a decent book on him. He ran a 4.62 at the Combine. He's fast. He never really developed into much with the Rams. He was just sort of okay. Um, but I think as a, a U tight end, you, you sign up with this contract that's really a one or a two year deal and see if you can get something out of him. If a fresh start kind of untaps his potential. Um, again, it's not like no one's like rushing to go buy a Gerald Everett Jersey, but I'm thinking you, you got to find another playmaker somewhere. And he was the guy who I was sort of like, all right, that there's a little bit of upside there based on just the, the speed and the athletic profile. Were you both, I shouldn't – I'll ask it this way. How did you feel about the way Cole Komet's season progressed? He runs hard as hell, and I like watching it. Like, as in terms of optics, uh, it, it was fun to watch him as a player just, like, run dudes over. I, I, I wish he had been more involved earlier. I, 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 we were told 8,000 times at, per, a week that this takes time, and I thought the coaches did a sort of – I saw. I thought the coaches did a bad job of explaining that as the year went along. You know, they 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 played the back and forth game too much with. He's the smartest. You know, he's the quickest book we've ever seen, but he's not gonna play a real role until week ten. Like that was weird. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't know. I mean, I think for a rookie tight end season, it, it ended much better than it started, obviously, and that's sort of as, as much as you can expect they tell us with rookie tight ends, right? Yeah, rookie tight ends are it's pretty rare that they have these like wow numbers. Um, you know, I think what Cole Komet did was honestly kind of what I thought in the you had 28 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns. I think you told me before the season, I probably would have said probably like 35 catches, 350 yards and four touchdowns. Um, so he was in the range, maybe less than the standard deviation away from what I was thinking. But I, I think if you go back, and look at his numbers compared to Kyle Rudolph's rookie year. I've seen that a couple times. It's pretty favorable. Um, and, and rookie tight ends really don't make these huge impacts. It, you, Cam's right. It would have been nice to see Komet do that, you know, do what he was doing late in the season, early in the season by just getting more involved. But here's, here's what Kyle Rudolph did his rookie year. 26 catches, 249 yards, three touchdowns. The next year, Kyle Rudolph made the Pro Bowl. So... It, that leap can happen year one to year two. And I think that's a big part of the bears showing progress next year is Cole Komet taking that significant year one to year two leap. But I still think you need to bring in kind of an athletic move tight end to pair with him. Cause two tight ends is still going to need to be a big part of this offense next year. If, Gerald Everett doesn't move the needle. That's fine. If the Florida tight end <laughs> is on the board at 20, do the Bears just go? Like, if he, if Kyle Pitts falls to 20, yes. You I've run to the grass board. I've seen some mocks where he was like at 17 or 18, I feel like. like I feel like that's more – maybe ah, 20 is a little low, but – He's really good. I would take the crap out of him. Who? I mean, and that, that would be a, like, who cares that you just drafted Cole Komet? Yeah. That would be an ultimate, like, best player available move. Right. I think they – theoretically could like they, they don't really play the same position they do but they don't yeah you can and also like teams that have two good tight ends yeah, yeah. make it no. work it's that's fine. the goal the goal is to have yeah. two good tight ends and right. you're going to pay that player a lot less and it's going to hurt against your cap a lot less than bringing jimmy graham back right which Jimmy Graham jogging off the field at the Superdome felt like kind of a fitting end to the one-year Jimmy Graham era in Chicago. He was like, better than I thought he'd be, to tell you the yeah. truth, JJ. He I thought fine. it was going to be a disaster, fine. and he was way better than that. Yeah, but I don't think he's worth a $10 million cap hit or whatever it is. So uh, the other, other couple notes here in my offseason plan. So I mentioned you signed Mike Remmers as sort of a eh, throw this guy at right tackle, uh, but hope he doesn't – you don't, like, need need him. Um, other couple little minor things. I think you bring back to Sean Gibson, but you draft the safety with one of your, you know, top five picks. Um, I think it's, it's kind of high time. The bears find a young guy to pair next to Eddie Jackson, but Gibson was fine. I thought Gibson was uh, pretty decent last year. Yeah. Um, I bring in a, a kind of a cheap veteran slot cornerback to compete with Duke Shelley and or Kendall Vildor there in replacing Buster screen. We're talking about sort of like a, like Artie Burns level, uh, if you remember him from like three training camp practices before he tore his ACL last year. Do you think Trey Roberson will be that guy? Like he'll be back next year, right? I forgot about that guy. Um, there you go. That solves your quarterback problem too. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess if you wanted to throw Roberson in with Shelley and Vildor, you could, but I'd rather have a veteran competing with those guys. He was the best CFL corner in like CFL history or something. I was told. Remember that? Remember that week? I do remember that week. Uh, (laughs) I got, I got, I got to say, Cam, I actually don't miss at all the like, what could this mean? Articles that we had to write of like they signed like Trey Roberson and it's like. it's like, to, it, it I guess means, we have to entertain the possibility that he could be good, but like, I, I was know. just shocked. Did you see a Bears press conference started two minutes after they said it would? Like, I double, I did a double take. I, I, I was shocked. They said yeah. twelve fifteen, and he was talking at twelve seventeen. It was wild. It's because we weren't there, yeah, yeah. and because yeah. it wasn't Neggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um. So okay, other thing, the quarterbacks I drafted here were Davis Mills from Stanford and Felipe Franks from Arkansas. I took Davis Mills 109th overall because I traded back from 83 to Houston for 109 and 122. I tried trading out of 20 in this PFF mock simulator. And like every deal that got accepted was absolute crap. So I was just like, forget it. I'm not even going to try to trade out of 20 because that's actually kind of hard to do. You tried to trade trade down out of 20? I tried to trade down out of 20 because as soon as Trask came off the board, you were like, like, screw it. There's no quarterback available here. I'm going to try to trade down, but it turned out that I think because like Trask was off the board, I lost my leverage. Right. Um, So I took uh, a couple tackles, Tevin Jenkins, Jackson Carmen with my top two picks. Again, like I mentioned, those are the guys who I think will eventually start at left and right tackle. You would hope Um, I'm put, uh, and this is a career. Correction. Like this whole draft feels like a correction yeah. for what his what Ryan Pace has done, where he drafted one tackle above the seventh round, and that was Tayo Fabaluje in 2015, and that was in the sixth round. Um, so you're finally investing in tackles. You're finally drafting quarterbacks, plural, and you know then I'm just kind of throwing in some other guys into this. You know, uh, safety Divine Diablo from Virginia Tech, like it's too early for me to really feel like, ah, oh, man, I can't, I really pound on the table for this guy, but this is more an outline of what positions I think the bears should target in the draft. And it goes tackle, tackle, quarterback, safety, slot receiver, quarterback with your first, what was that? Six picks. Felipe Franks can sling it. He, he, he can sling it. He can do a lot of other things uh, that aren't so good. Right. Like, decision making like but, sling it to the other team like sling it to the other team but it looks cool when he does it and that counts yeah. for something yeah uh like patrick mahomes but throwing a bunch of interceptions but again like you got you got to take swings on these guys i so, agree there should have been someone like this in the bears pipeline right now there right. should have been there yep. should have been someone that you go all right let's see what this player can do that's what should have happened after the the losing streak, you or during the losing streak, you should have had a player like that that you could have gone to and learned about. But because Ryan Pace didn't do what he said he was going to do, they were able to roll Mitch back in there and make the playoffs, which it seems like to them it was more valuable than than yeah. getting a better draft pick or developing younger players it was more valuable for them to get their ass whooped by the Saints in the playoffs and embarrass themselves on on national television than it would have been to figure some other things out. 
Could you not argue though that for those two men specifically, financially, it was more valuable to do what they did? Like they're still employed. So no, that's right. a great it's, point. It, it is a terrible decision to make in terms of building a team. But I think I sort of feel like when push came to shove, they were like, all right, we want to save our jobs. We'll deal with the future later. Like we're going to just make the playoffs. Like, and it, in that sense, it, it's, it's sort of a cruel irony that it worked for them at the expense of the bears that fan their fans and the future of the team and their, their, their everything else, literally, literally everything else involved. Yeah. But that's also why we're sitting here and I'm presenting this plan and you guys are just being like, eh. Because that's what, <laughs> that's that's what that's where the Bears are stuck. They're they're stuck in a position where if you're not gonna tear it down, which the Bears are not going to do, you're stuck either go like trying to hit a fifty-five foot three pointer or trying to just like hit a couple of layups. And one of those things will provide you with more points. The other of the thing has a higher percentage of maybe sort of working. Or I guess it's like you're, you're trying to, you got to run around second and you got to score the run and you're trying to hit a home run versus just like punching the ball to the right side and trying to move them over to third. I'm trying to think of other sports analogies here. Uh, so you, you must be thrilled that they're not going to the universal DH, huh? Yeah. Uh, don't get me started. Um, Double switches for everybody in the National League. I think pitchers hitting home runs is the funniest thing in baseball, and I want more weird baseball. So, yes, I want pitchers to hit. But that is probably a conversation for a completely different podcast that yeah. no, nobody tuned in to listen to me ramble <laughs> on about how awesome Bartolo Colon and Mark Burley's home runs were. But, um, anyways, I, I think this is more just like a – I'm trying to find a sensible way for the Bears to get better – and show progress. And again, I'm trying to act like Ryan Pace here. Right. Trying to save my own ass. We'll get that hair gel out. Yeah. I don't know, man. I wish I could get a haircut. I'm, I'm holding out until I, I get the vaccine because I don't want to bring it home to the babies. Uh, That's but a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> my ha- my hair, my hair looks like absolute dog shit. Um, it's, it's really bad. Um, but as trying to act like Ryan Pace, like, I think and the problem is, like, there's also this disconnect because I think what Ryan Pace is going to actually do is go try to hit that home run with a runner on second and you just need to score the run. He's going to try to get Carson Wentz 2017. Or he's going to try to, oh, man, like, we can fix Sam Darnold. And it, the Bears coaching staff probably can't. So you got to try to go with the the middle of the road options that yes, are not going to win you any PR battles, but at the end of the day can take you from eight and eight to nine and seven or 10 and six and see if that shows enough progress to win. This is the problem with the bears is that they are very much a stuck franchise. And I still believe that the only way out of it is to tear it down. But since they're not going to do that, I, I tried to challenge myself. How would I go about it if I weren't tearing it down? And just to kind of recap the plan for our listeners, which is probably going to re- result in a, uh, <laughs> it's not very exciting, but you cut Jimmy Graham, Bobby Massey, and Buster Screen. You restructure Khalil Mack's contract. You sign Kyle Flora to an extension. 
then you use the franchise tag on Allen Robinson and sign him to an extension, whatever that looks like. You have the money to do it. You trade a 2021 six-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick for Gardner Minshew. You sign Mike Remmers to a one-year, $4 million contract to play right tackle. You sign Gerald Everett to a three-year, $23 million contract to play the U tight end. You make a couple little minor moves, bring back to Sean Gibson, a cheap slot cornerback. Um, you probably let Roy Robertson Harris walk. Um, and then in the draft, you go hard at tackle, you draft two quarterbacks, and you kind of see what you can get out of that. Look, I like bowls of vanilla ice cream sometimes too. Like sometimes that's what the night calls for and you just got to go for it. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting that after all the conversations we had last year, there's still not a whole lot of capital being put in the offensive line. And I'm not saying like that's not the right way to go, but I think it's sort of fascinating that here we are and this, a, a very sensible approach to rebuilding this team in a better way only involves a right tackle and a right tackle on a pretty low deal like that. I would not have believed that to be a sensible way forward if you had told me that six months ago or whatever. Yeah, that's legit. But I tried to balance that out by taking tackles with my right. top two picks. Right, right. And, you know, you know, it's a rookie, you know, rookie tackles, whatever. They, you know, you, you can be hit or miss on that. If you're sure on these guys, you should take them. But, yeah, I mean, I, I could see allocating the money I gave to Gerald Everett and spending a little bit more to get a better right tackle. But I think you – I think if I'm the Bears, I want to try to get two young tackles who I can build an offense around. Because, by the way – 2022 that's when you take your shot at quarterback Mm -hmm. and I would like to have two tackles in place when I do that not needing to replace my starting left tackle and also having a a, a right tackle who's maybe an aging guy like a Daryl Williams over there who's good but will be on the wrong side of 30 Mm -hmm. I I think that I want to try to go young and I want to try to get those pieces in place because now we're starting to talk about in 2022, dropping a quarterback into a situation where you've got two young starting tackles, you've got Cole Komet, you still have David Montgomery, you've got Darnell Mooney, you, st- you still got Tariq Cohen, don't forget about him, you got Allen Robinson. That's starting to look a little more promising to me. Here's how I would sum yeah. all of this up, JJ. I think that the exercise that you just took us on for, for the last hour, is indicative of the position that the Bears have put themselves in. That the level of creativity that one would have to have and the amount of luck that one would have to have to get out of the tailspin Mm -hmm. that the franchise is in is immense. Uh Like, it is is an undertaking. And I know that we... The way to simplify everything is if they get the quarterback right, nothing else matters. But there's no evidence that they can get the quarterback right, that they know how to get the quarterback right. And then you start going, okay, you don't have a perfect quarterback situation. How the hell do you make this work? And and now, like all the different – it's so crazy because you're you're out here pulling every lever. You're like, where – where is there an opportunity for some extra cash? Where is there an opportunity to, to take a risk? You're doing everything. You're spinning a lot of plates. 
to, to try and make this whole thing work. I think it, it, it comes back to what they've done over the last four years overall and not capitalizing in 2018 with a deeper run and then not being able to get more out of Mitch Trubisky has um, made this impossible. Like, it's really yeah, yeah. impossible what it is that they're trying to do. This was a valiant effort by you. <laughs> a valiant effort to fix the Bears. But I'm not sure I'm not sure that they can be fixed. Yeah. This is a this is a brilliantly planned battle in a war that we all know is already lost, right? Like we're gonna hit this battle real hard and we might win it because we outmaneuvered the hell out of them, but the war is over. The war is already over. We all know that. And that's why like I've said, I think now three or four times here, my plan would be to blow it up. If I, if they called me up and said, Hey, we'd like to offer you a job as general manager. Um, I would be deeply unqualified for that job and would probably be terrible at it. However, I would say we're blowing it up. Apparently that's not real precedent for NFL teams these days. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Do you have any background in, in preaching? Cause <laughs> yeah. if so, I can, <laughs> I can put you in, in a job at NFL leadership very easily. All right. Well, gentlemen, this was good. Be well. And uh, I thank you very much for this opportunity to try and fix the bears. This was a great thought exercise, Lawrence. And it, it, it expended some much needed energy that I have been building up for a while. Think like, I just been like, you like, when you, you stop covering a team, you don't just, like, drop off with it. Like, I'm still, like, reading about the Bears and checking up on Twitter, and I'm like, well, I guess I don't actually need to tune in to Sean Desai's press conference. Like, it's sort of like, you know, it's not like a light switch. It's sort of like a dimmer where it's sort of like, it turned down a little bit, but I still got a lot of thoughts, so I'm glad you gave me a platform to get them out, and I'm glad we got Cam on here to get the football boat crew back together. We're back. Loho Wars, you know. I, I like the idea of that when the three of us actually talk football, that your idea was the best one. It, it, is, it is the Shotgun Podcast. Instead yes. of Under Center, the Shotgun Podcast works for me. From the gun. From the gun is outstanding. Yeah. I really had a tremendous time with those two guys. I, I adore them both. I've talked about, you know, J.J. I think J.J. is so sharp. I like the way that he methodically and sometimes crazily tries to come up with the best way to try and make the Bears better. And I love Cam because Cam just don't care. He's not afraid of you. And that's good. That's what you need. It's what you want when you want people discussing and dissecting the Bears. I appreciate them both for lending their talents to the podcast. And I just don't know how any of this works if you don't have a happy Allen Robinson as part of it. I just don't see it. I don't see how it can even function without him being a happy part of it. And I don't know, if you're Allen Robinson, when you look at the Bears quarterback situation, aren't you like, this sucks? (laughs) Like, why would you want to be here? Money might not even be important. He spent his his career with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles as his quarterbacks. I'm sure money is important 
somewhat important. But, I mean, you're a guy that's as good as he is and still as young as he is. Don't you want to win? I just feel like Allen Robinson is going to end up across the field from Devontae Adams. And it's going to hurt Bears fans' soul when they see him in a Packers uniform. It's going to hurt their soul. But that's the that's the, the dangerous game that Ryan Pace has played with all of this stuff. Big thanks yet again to our sponsors on the podcast. Brendan Studzinski, State Farm agent in Lincoln Park. Check him out, chicagosf.com. Get a quote from this man, and State Farm is going to donate money to Paws Chicago. All you got to do is go to his website. That's the easiest way. I can give you the phone number, but here, look, I'll give you the phone number, 773-868-0707. But if you go to chicagosf.com, it's literally on the front page of the website. Get a quote. State Farm donates $10 to Paws Chicago. And a big thanks to David Hochberg as well. 56david.com, 855-56-DAVID. This is the time of year where things are going to start to heat up a little bit. The People are going to come out of their slumber because the weather is going to start to get better. Get on it as far as lending goes. Have him help you. If, if you don't have like a money guy, if you're like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily start with my bank. I want to find the right fit for me for a home loan. David can help you. He will scour the earth to get you the best home loan that you can get. So call him, 855-56-DAVID, or go to 56david.com. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. As I told you, we're going in some different directions with podcasts, and I really like the people that we've already added over the next few weeks, there are going to be new episodes and new podcasts inside of House of L. And I cannot wait for some of the smart people that I'm going to bring to your attention. Your support of this podcast is more important than ever. Please subscribe. Write a review. Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. It helps. It helps with placement so that it can be more visible. We end up on the Apple's top 200 chart all the time. That's because of you and your support. Tell someone about this podcast. Share it when I share it. And we'll have more incredible content coming in the next couple of weeks. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.